0: So, did did you guys all do the Pottermore uh, Patronus? Ooh, no. I No, I never got that far. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I never did okay. that one. I, I'm the only Water, one that did that, okay. I got a Newfoundland dog as my uh, Patronus.
1: Are you going to do it right now, Andy, while you're doing the show? <laughs>
0: Hells to the, yeah, I'm doing it right now.
2: I want to be a flying squirrel, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that, that is actually is squirrel? one of them. And you fly. I mean, fuck. <laughs> wow, there's like graphics to this. This is ridiculous. Oh yeah, the
0: quiz is pretty neat. The the quiz takes you on like a journey through the forest.
2: Yeah, I'm. This is adventurous. <laughs> I feel like there would be music too, but I I needed it. You, Andy, oh yeah, you, yeah. There is
0: there is some music.
3: You sound you sound so like enchanted and enraptured right now.
0: It's amazing. I'm mystified well, yeah. right now. This is awesome. <laughs>
2: So my patronus. What's the reveal? My patronus is a Russian blue cat.
0: Okay.
1: Hells to the. Meow. <laughs> and there's the intro. That's, it was I was not gonna use it until he did the meow. The meow put it over the top.
3: Meow. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Brygon of Super Friends, the podcast that turns a magic minute into a magic two hours. I'm your host, Brian Labick, and for this episode, I've caught a few fantastic beasts of my own. They include Andy Stoles, Obliviate, uh, wait, huh, what? <laughs> uh, Mike Bradley. Hello. And of course, we have to have Josh Zorich on for this one.
3: He, my day has come. <laughs>
0: sounds like Ian last week. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's true. We had Ian talking about anime last week and we got fantastic Beasts for Josh this week.
0: I found this is, my this is your
1: moment. Yeah, this is this is your moment to shine. This is your Star Wars. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll
1: take it. So, I think I mean we talked before, but how many times have you seen the movie already?
3: Uh, well, the movie was technically first screenings were I guess Thursday, November 17th. We're recording this on Tuesday the 22nd, and I saw it for the third time today.
1: So you're you're getting in there,
3: getting up there. Mm-hmm. Do you have are there more it planned? More? Yeah. Uh, it depends. Uh, myself and uh, my wife, Sarah, we both saw it twice together, and then I went with someone else to see it today. So if Sarah wants to see it a third time herself, I will probably go with her, or if anyone wants to go a second time or a first time, I will be probably more than happy to accommodate if possible.
1: <laughs> it's just one of those things if someone says, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Fine, I'll go. That's full.
3: Oh, freaking <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: I'll clear my schedule.
3: Because I'm assuming it'll... I mean, it'll be in theaters three to four weeks. I mean, really, once Rogue One hits, that's going to be the weekend it probably oh, goes yeah. out. It might be, like, yeah. ragging on one or two shows, but... Uh, and then it's going to be a couple of months before it'll be... You know, available on Blu-ray, so uh, I'm getting all the viewings in that I can.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
3: I, yeah. I, I know the feeling. I do
1: the same thing with Star Wars, so it's cool. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens. That... I saw it like seven times in eight days or
0: something. Like that. <laughs> say the uh, Force Awakens. I saw twice in the first three days it was out, but Deadpool, I saw I twice. I saw it on Thursday night at like the midnight showing. Yeah. And then again, Friday afternoon at a two o'clock showing. <laughs> so it was like sixteen hours, maybe, but, and I saw it twice. So I, I understand it. Nice. <laughs> yep.
2: Did you? Uh, did you see any? Uh, did any of you see it in three D?
3: I. The, yes, I did. Yeah. The the third viewing today was was in three D. Uh, Mike, what did was you it, think? I didn't. Well, I'm sorry, Andy. Did you? I did not. I was just curious. I saw it in two D. I was curious if
2: it was worth a three D experience. Like as a second. A second showing.
3: Uh, having seen both versions, I'd say not really.
0: Yeah, uh, the 3D there didn't seem only... to add much.
3: Yeah, there were only a couple of parts where I was like, wow, that'd be awesome
2: in 3D. <laughs> like like when the, the words were coming at you like right in the beginning, I thought that would be really cool, but I didn't really see much else.
3: Yeah, that, that's always effective. And there was a couple spots, uh, like when he and Jacob first go into his case that time, and you're going through all the creatures, and you like... The, the, there was some accentuated detail to some things that popped, um, and then there were, um, uh, what were the, they're, they're like little insect looking creatures. They were in like the water droplet looking things. Oh, yeah, yeah. That kind of like, mm-hmm. when, you, when, you, when you have all that empty space around objects, I think 3D does really well in those cases, mm-hmm. but as a whole, um, you know, even with like the obscurus and, and all that, like, I didn't really think it added a whole lot.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm I mean, curious. I mean, I feel like the presence of the little hummingbird insect thing was kind of like its purpose was to add 3D effect to yeah. the movie. Like it, it didn't really serve much other purpose, and nah. it wasn't anything special. So, it, when I think of what was 3D in the movie, that was the thing that came out in my mind the most because it was more annoying than fun. <laughs> <laughs> but.
1: Uh, yeah, so just, uh, sort of steer the ship a little bit, but, yeah, ahead. uh, if you, if you haven't guessed, we're talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. This is our final <laughs> review, finally, of the movie. Um, and I think Josh and I had talked, we've been trying to get schedules to match up for a while to even just get on and talk some Fantastic Beasts news. There's been two or three, I think, news topics that we've been put on the back burner because we haven't been able to get together and talk about them. So they'll probably come up during the course of our conversation. Because some of, some of them are spoilerific, so we'll we'll get to the spoilers when we talk about them. Uh, so I think it's probably fair that we can finally queue up another Magic Minute, even though it may not be a minute.
3: But that's the fun of it, right? Hello, wizards, squibs, and muggles alike. It's time for a Magic Minute, where we talk about Harry Potter for as long as we need to. If you're thinking, hey, that's not a minute then, well, you can stick it up your womping willow. All right, so now that we're queuing up our Magic Minute... Uh,
1: we're going to go ahead and try to give our thoughts on Fantastic Beasts. And since this is a movie review, and it's one that I know we're all anxious to talk about and get into the specifics, it's probably easier just to throw out the spoiler alert now, get it out of the way. So if you have not seen Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, uh, and you don't want to be spoiled, pause us now, come back to us after seeing the movie. Unless you're the person that hates surprises. Uh, In that case, listen on, because we're going to spoil all the surprises for you. So this is your last chance. Spoiler warning for Fantastic Beasts
2: wee wee spoiler wee wee spoiler you know something like that
0: and now that that's out of the way holy shit johnny depp that was awesome <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah i was not expecting that so yeah if we're hey if we're hitting the ground there let me say, like so there was it was like 2 or 3 weeks ago that i saw a news story uh somewhere of like rumors that johnny depp might be uh being talked to for future sequels and what role might he play and i honestly did not see that coming at the end at all once i saw colin farrell's hair starting to change like that moment i'm like oh frick he's grindelwald and if we're gonna if they're gonna show us our face like he's already in it like they already locked johnny down like he is in this so i don't know if like early screenings of the movie you know some some reviews or or uh, people who were supposed to be tight-lipped uh, or not started floating those out but like I don't know if if I hadn't heard those rumors at all I would have been 10 times more
0: surprised well turns out like I read post having seen the movie uh-huh. that he actually had been signed on to do that in secret like a year and a half ago nice and that it, it, it cuz it, the speculation was that it was a last minute decision to include Grindelwald in the movie okay. to, you know, continue to make it a franchise, to have him be the overarching villain for the franchise and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But it turns out that, you know, it's completely false. He was signed a long time ago, and they just kept it really under wraps. Which it seems they did. Good job Uh, on their part Yeah,
3: exactly. Even if the stuff that leaked out recently sounded like rumors for the future, even at that point if they kept the real surprise under wraps, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, I was, it, when I, you know, you heard them mention Grindelwald's name, you seen that Colin Farrell was obviously going to be the villain in the movie in some way. I figured when his hair changed, like I was thinking at the end, oh, it's just going to be Colin Farrell with blonde hair. You yeah. Know, like it, that's it, what I was figuring too. Because. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I just figured he was Grindelwald and that was going to be bad. That. that was it. Yeah. And, and seeing it being Johnny Depp, it was just like oh, uh, they just took it up a step, okay, let's, you know, Yeah, that, yeah so I mean, Col- it... Colin Farrell's cool and everything, but I, I don't know if he could have carried a franchise for five movies as a villain, whereas uh, Johnny Depp can definitely do that.
3: Yeah, I was surprised, like, they hit the ground running, like, right in the opening title sequence, really before you got anything else. I mean, they gave you the title screen, and then they went right into graphics about Grindelwald's activities in Europe and his rise like I had this impression that since this is set back at the time of his rise to power that he might eventually play a role in it I was caught off guard at just how much they really threw their hat into that and hit the ground running with him I mean he doesn't he doesn't really come into play anywhere in the middle it's really just a bookend thing to introduce him as an idea and then you end up with him at the end but right. uh, I I didn't think that was going to really play into the narrative at all. I thought that would be something they might lay the smallest of seeds for, but that it would really pick up in maybe part two or three.
2: Well, what so? I have a question about uh, the transformation that Colin Farrell. Took. Okay, was that yes. a polyjuice potion or was that a charm?
3: That is a good question because. Do we think that the character of Graves existed before Grindelwald showed up there? Did he take the place? Did he did he effectively probably kill Graves
0: and take his place? Well, you'd have to keep him alive, not kill him. If it's Polyjuice. To, to, right, to continue brewing the Polyjuice potion. So he'd have to still be alive somewhere, which we may get answered in the next movie if the real Graves does turn up. You know, like if they realize that oh, it was Polyjuice Potion, and they somewhere in the interim between these two movies, they find him. You know, find the real guy. Yeah. So, so and, that wait, would be something with... that maybe answered.
3: Uh, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Here, I got a question now too. From the beginning opening of the movie, when we start seeing uh, when they set up Grindelwald and you start seeing all the newspaper articles and stuff, how much time passes between that starting
3: of those graphics to when the movie takes place in New York? That is an excellent question, and that's one of my hypotheses, is that either Grindelwald has been in hiding for a few years, so those newspaper articles take place a few years before the story picks up, in which case a random, skilled wizard named Graves could walk into the American Ministry of Magic, build a career for himself, and move up. That was... That was going to be my question. See, I was going to say it
1: probably needs to be longer than a few years to be able to do that. At
3: at least, yeah. Or, you know, like you said, was this person Graves already an aura? Was he he head of the aura office in existence? And, you know, through a selection of potential means, did Grindelwald usurp him and take his place? Um, I I mean, none of the other stories technically um, say how... Any other time Polyjuice is used in the other stories, no one simply uses like a Revelio charm to uh, counteract it. There is the part, yes. there is the part in the Deathly Hallows where they have used Polyjuice potion uh, on Hermione to turn her into Bellatrix, and then they go under the waterfall under the bank, and that waterfall is a particular—it's like an enchanted waterfall that washes away other charms, and and that undoes the Polyjuice. Um, so to simply answer the question, was he using Polyjuice or was it a charm? Who knows? And yeah, like Mike said, maybe that's something that gets answered in the next movie or two, uh, which I would be happy with. Number one to tie that up, but also I actually liked Colin Farrell's spin as a wizard a whole lot. So if he's able to like resume himself and and continue being in the in the films, I would enjoy that.
2: Yeah, kind of like Moody, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you you think he's Moody the whole time, and then. All of a sudden, he's not, and then you do get the actual Moody afterwards, so, which is
0: pretty cool. And I, I think that, as far as the whole time-passing thing, I think it would take more than just a couple of years for somebody new to become the head of the Auror's office there. That's kind of what I was True. thinking,
2: too. Like, it sounded like he was very much counted on for someone who maybe only have a couple of years under his belt.
0: Right. Which brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up about the time frame ideas that how the hell old are they saying that Grindelwald and Dumbledore actually are? Uh-huh. Because if this is taking place that far back. Because <laughs> uh-huh. this was, what, 1926? 20, um, Grindelwald seems pretty fairly well aged when he's revealed. Youngish? Uh, they. they well, I wouldn't say youngish. I mean, he looks to be in his 50s, I would say.
3: Uh, well, in so d- and I know d- they
0: say he's like 150 years old for Dumbledore at yes, one point. And they are the same age. It, they, right. I, I know they're the same age and all that, yep. but I mean, so
3: Grind- Grindelwald <sighs> Grindelwald would be about 80 years old in ni- in, in 1926. Yes
0: okay now so they're saying that I will... at the start of this is something i never was clear on though okay it was in the for the start of sorcerer's stone yep is that whatever year that was mm-hmm. when it was written is it was that like 99 2000 no it was taking place in the fall of
3: 1991 because harry harry is born in 1980 and he goes to school okay. the September following
0: turning 11 years old. So it's even earlier than in present time. Okay. Yes. All right. So then it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So if you do
3: the math, yeah, Grindelwald and Dumbledore are both about 80 years old at the time that Fantastic Beast is taking
0: place. Okay. That was something I was not sure on. So they, for 80 years old, I'd say it actually looks good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it. <laughs> If he's only supposed to be 80 there, there—that that's not a bad-looking 80. <laughs> All right, so I want
1: to bring it back to Grindelwald uh, impersonating Graves mm-hmm. for some reason, somehow. Uh, I did put it out on Facebook and stuff this morning about trying to get questions from listeners and people to try to stump specifically Josh, <laughs> but Mike informed me he's pretty hardcore into this, too, so between the both of you. All right. Uh, and this I got one question, and it came from Mike's wife. So she wants to know... How do you think Grindelwald infiltrated... What the hell is that place called? Makusa? Is yeah. that the magic place? Yeah, so yeah is the he magical... A, magical um, so is Congress
3: he... of the United States. All right. Well, there's a, there's an A in there, though. I think that's just the M.A. of
0: magical. Okay. Yeah, I knew there was... M.A.C. Yeah. Yeah, it was M A I didn't know it was just M.A. for magical, but okay. I believe so. All
1: right, so you think he has followers or insiders in inside? Or you think he just weaseled his way in on his own
3: well it's always possible the um the way that voldemort usurped the ministry in britain was uh very subtle and i think it's one of the reasons that i happen to like how she wrote the rise of a dictator and a conqueror it was not that he just flat out walked in or came up with an army to take on the other army it was covert, it was almost diplomatic, it was political, it was using the system against itself and pulling the strings from behind rather than having to sit on the throne himself. So it's very possible that he has other people in the American uh, Ministry of Magic uh, doing the same thing. Um, I mean, we can assume he's going to get out
1: in the next couple movies, if not the next movie, right? Right.
3: Hey, he's got, he's, yeah, I mean, he's got to get out at some point. Yeah, Uh, the the culmination... I mean, to jump ahead a little bit, but then I'll come back. The culmination, at least probably the last of these five movies, is going to be the, quote, historic, epic battle between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Uh, J.K. has said that the time span for the story arc will be 1926 to 1945. 1945, a million and a half times in the books, is cited as the year that that fight... Took place, and
2: and that is that is that where Dumbledore got the um, beats him for the Elder
3: Wand wand
0: of yeah, yeah yes yeah, so, he takes the Elder Wand then
3: uh, and actually that's a point does, I hadn't thought about uh, by this does Grindelwald have the Elder Wand at this point yes he because he already it...
2: knows about the Deathly Hallows because he gave the symbol to um uh, uh what was it the
3: previous? yeah he, he... Yeah, he's
0: he's very young when he steals it
3: yeah uh, so the portrayal of it's like a it's like a flashpoint you barely even see it in deathly hallows the film but there's a quick quick moment where they show uh what's his name jamie jamie bowers played young grindelwald for no lines and two seconds of screen time and they show him as like a young man like late teenager or early 20s stealing the wand from um uh, the one wand maker the like german wand maker uh... um I'll think of
0: it he was, he was, later, but he wasn't. He, Gregor... Grigorovich, Gregor, was
3: yes, Grigorovich. Yeah. So he's had it since he was a young man. So that's a good point. Uh, if he has the Elder Wand, is he not using it right now? To I don't think yeah, he would it, use it, it, the it looks... Elder
0: Wand as Graves. Great. Oh yeah, that would... would that would that would be a pretty big sign that hey, I'm
2: Grindelwald. Because
0: <laughs> it has its, you know, it has a unique, distinct. Yeah, it's look. got those. No other wand um, looks like that. It would draw questions. It
3: it could, but let's go back to the other theory we just had, which was how did he get into the ministry in the first place? If he's impersonating an existing wizard, he unfortunately needs to keep using that wizard's wand because that will arise suspicion. Um, I don't think he would draw attention with the Elder Wand per se because nobody believes in it. Very, very oh, few true. people even Not think very it's a real people, thing or would recognize right. its look or design, so he'd probably be safe there. It's probably more of a way just to stay clandestine.
0: Okay. It, well, it, to answer the question that Brian had posed to us uh, from my end, I believe that if I had to guess, I'd say Grindelwald is actually pulling, kind of what Joss said, pulling all the strings from behind the scenes. And I would not say it's a far cry to assume that he um, created the Salemers in order to try and spark the existence of another um, Obscurus. To try and find Mm. one, start that whole thing up to try and get somebody that creates one. 'Cause it you know, they make it very obvious. It's created in suppressing the magic and he's trying to suppress magic in order to create an obscurus because he wants one to use it for power. Is that and
3: that's he, an interesting point. Can I just I, I was not actually sure what his end game was. I was gonna ask you that. Is he was he hoping to harness
2: that power or like get it himself or just use it as kind of like, hey, like this guy's on my team, I can send him out?
1: I think Hard he wants to use say. him like a weapon. He's, yeah, he's, right. He's but how do you, grooming how do you... him to be his underling, more or less. So if you get him on, if you get if Grindelwald got credence on his side and believed in what he was doing, he could just point him at someone and say, do that, take care of them. That's the impression I got, anyway. I... You
2: know, Grindelwald seems like kind of a solo act, though, to me. You know... Like Voldemort had all his Death Eaters and whatnot, but does Grindelwald have like a whole lot of followers? I have no idea.
3: Wasn't? Was really... I mean? He could have been starting to recruit. That's true, and he is under the impression, just like Newt is, that nobody over the age of ten has ever survived with with an oh, obscure. So, yeah. so even even up until the point where Credence reveals himself, even. Grindelwald slash Graves is under the impression that he's looking for a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do I, I do think that he's maybe looking for a stooge or somebody to, you know, be a, uh, a, a gopher or... He's, he's basically looking kind of like for a peer Pettigrew. You know, he's looking for a right-hand man who can be intimidated but will be loyal. Um, You're
1: talking about credence See, assuming he doesn't have the obscurus yeah
3: that's that's how that's how grindelwald is treating credence how he okay. you yes. know he's treat he he wants his his assistant but yeah i guess he he his end game is but he changes his tune as soon as credence reveals himself well yeah because because right. if, if the if the actual reason is that he wants that force which he thought he was going to get from extracting it from a child You know, now he realizes, oh, it was actually him. Okay, I'll just take what I can get.
1: So he was trying to pull it out of him?
0: Yeah, he wasn't trying to use the child like a gun or or anything like that because it's going to kill the child soon enough either way is the way they explain it. I think he wanted to remove the power kind of the way you see Newt has it, Mm -hmm. has the one Obscurus contained. He wanted to remove that power so that he could use that force himself. Yeah, because uh, Newt did mention
2: that it was some sort of a. Um, did he call it a virus of sorts?
3: It it feels like it's something that manifests as a reaction. It, it's an internal manifestation as a reaction to a young wizard trying to suppress their suppressing. Magic. Yeah,
2: it, it's. But didn't he mention something that it was that it was a, a virus of sorts at one point? I thought.
3: I think once it gets created, it becomes parasitic that's what it is a parasite yeah. i i was getting Yeah it's not like I something you that. catch from someone else it it's internally created from your own emotions if you will and your own body your own feelings about everything right. um but once but that it's brings part up of you then it just starts to break your body and your and your spirit down
0: and that comes back to how he could use it is this parasites are not necessarily um drawn to only a single host. Sure, this person created the Obscurus, but parasites can spread to a different host, just given something to feed off of. And if he could somehow disperse the Obscurus into smaller portions to, say, many people he could definitely make a bomb out of it of some sort. You know, like a wizard bomb. You know, not a bomb bomb, but <laughs> wizard bomb. something that where the Obscurus would uh, infect or, you know, latch on to several people as opposed to just one. And Credence, having been older, you know, would have given him that opportunity because it was a much more powerful Obscurus than any other that supposedly had ever been encountered.
3: Yeah, or at the very least, even if he was not able to do that or that wasn't his goal, if he has the loyalty and control of Credence and he can have, you know, instruct him to unleash that force on whatever target he wants, you know, Grindelwald wants him to whenever he wants him to, you know, I'm sure that would have been a great weapon to have.
1: Because you would well, think it'd
3: probably only work with Credence,
1: right? Like if you take that out of Credence and say Grindelwald tries to bring it and make the Obscurus go into himself, and then he can sort of channel that. If the whole reason it works is because you're suppressing magic, and he's going around using magic, that kind of contradicts itself, right? So, it well, wouldn't I don't, work. I don't
2: think I don't think it's the only, the only reason that it works is that you're suppressing the magic. The only, the only reason it gets
0: created
1: is the suppression. Yeah, but it's not like Credence was going around waving a wand at people.
0: Well, I don't think that what he's trying to do is take it within himself. Like I say I, I think what he's trying to do is simply contain it. That, like I said, the way Newt had it contained, mm-hmm. and then use it. Perhaps it has the ability to also suppress magic in hosts that are not the original. You know, there's a lot of things that. Perhaps so they, you could, he's trying you could, to maybe experiment with it to find out what the hell you can actually do with an Obscurus. So right. with that it train seems of like thought, pretty knowledgeable could, of it.
1: With that train of thought, you could effectively neuter a magician by infecting them with the parasite.
0: Perhaps that's the goal. Mm. I don't. You know, maybe that's his goal to go after hypothesis. Dumbledore, as he knows he can't beat him heads up. And he says, "But if I can get rid of his magic, I can win." That's an interesting so you know. Point it's just a theory, you know, but so, so um, given,
1: given the rate we theorized about star Wars and we were all completely
0: wrong, this is going to be fun. Oh yeah, and, yeah. When all these other movies, well, none of these us are are going to be right here, but <laughs>
3: so uh, Brian, do we, do, did we answer that question? I think as well as we could. <laughs> well, the so question was, question... how did he
0: infiltrate? And I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's polyjuice potion. I think that's how he infiltrated, but who can be sure?
1: I mean, it could so, be Polyjuice and followers. Who knows? I
2: didn't quite catch what uh, Grindelwald said to Newt when he was being take away, taken away in the shackles. He said something about being dead or death or... I can't remember. What, I, I didn't quite catch that part of the movie. I was just curious if you guys knew You know, what it you was. Know, I,
3: after the second time, I realized I didn't hear it that clearly either. So on the third go-around, it sounds... Because it, 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 it's John... Uh, i love me some johnny depp it's sometimes yeah it's kind of under yeah when he goes for those really affecting characters and he gives them those certain speech patterns it can be difficult to hear him sometimes yeah yeah. um i think he said it, it, it almost sounded like he said when when we die a bit or when we when when a part of us dies it, it really to me sounded like he started a sentence that he didn't finish.
2: Right. But it seemed like Newt got
3: it. Or, or there, yeah, exactly. Like, there was, there was something he was, there was something
2: that, that, right. And, and Newt got the reference. You yeah, know, it just totally went over my head. That, that, yeah, that totally me too. That's what I was curious if you guys caught the reference or not. Or if honestly, that's something had, that's to time... be revealed.
1: I had a, I had a hard time listening to, certain lines of dialogue i couldn't eddie redmayne i think some of the stuff he was saying just went over my head i couldn't grasp what he was saying the line you're talking about specifically i have no idea what was said
2: how about the performance from eddie redmayne i thought he did a really good job the last movie i saw him in was jupiter ascending he was <laughs> fucking creepy
1: as hell man did you, did you, watch... you guys see that movie no, i haven't Holy seen that crap. one did you watch uh theory of everything no, amazing. That's a—he's fucking awesome he, in that movie. He,
3: the the Oscar that he got for that was well earned, so it's worth oh, watching. Frick yes. um,
0: the quote according to the screenplay is "We all die just a little." That's it.
3: But it even so, that still sounds like the beginning of a thought that is not finished. Right.
0: So I, I, that's just that's how the screenplay was wrote. So I don't know what exactly the. Whole intent of it is, but I'm wondering if it doesn't have something to do with the
2: Obscurus, because Newt would be the only other person that would have similar knowledge as as Grindelwald would, because it's obvious that Grindelwald knows about the Obscurus, about the Obscurus, and and maybe how to manipulate it. So maybe he knew that Newt also knew things about it. So well, he obviously I was thinking it was. When he was
1: impersonating yeah. graves, he found the Obscurus in the case, right? Yes. So he knew yeah. Newt was studying it.
2: That's right. He knew that Newt may be on the same wavelength as as far as figuring out what exactly it could do I mean, and that, if it was
0: necessarily bad. That can go back to the magic bomb um, and perhaps removing people's magical abilities all at once. And he says, we all die just a little. His plan is to removed just a little from everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a crazy theory, I think, but it's a, you know, it's theories.
2: So he's, so. he's hoping for a muggle maker.
0: <laughs> 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 now, now, hold Wait, on, hold on. We're in America now. Gonna, it's the no match maker. Black oh, it's the no match maker. But, uh,
3: <laughs> that definitely sounds like something you pick up at, like HH Greg, but yeah, <laughs> Uh, yes, as a quick oh. little Easter egg, uh, going through the Fantastic Beasts book uh, from a few years ago again, going through it today, uh, the fictional publishing, wizard publishing company that, uh, quote, printed Fantastic Beasts all over the years, is called Obscurus Books.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh, uh-huh. There's little things like that peppered all throughout it. It's actually really fun.
0: I was going to say that the the Josh probably knows this for sure, so I can pose it to Brian and Andrew as our first trivia question, because he just was holding the book in his hand. But in Fantastic Beasts, the book, it is revealed what part of the UK that Hogwarts is actually in. Do you know? I
1: I don't know. Or that. could you guess? <laughs> No, geography is not my strong suit, so I probably I could not even venture a guess. Andy? Um, um, uh...
2: Yeah, I'm not real familiar with UK geography. Wales?
0: Scotland. Damn <laughs> it. Oh, I should have got that. It, it, it's, uh... Ron's writing in the book, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, it's supposed to be Ron's writing in the book that reveals that. Like, there's writing in the book, in the like, as if it were a textbook. Somebody was taking notes in.
2: Oh, okay. I got you.
0: And in one of those, it makes reference to Hogwarts being in Scotland.
1: Um, I want to ask, sort of follow up with the the whole Grindelwald obscurus thing. Okay. When they finally kill Credence. Yeah. Do you think he's gone for good, or do you think he's coming back?
2: No, because you see, you see the the obscurious, uh, obscurious, it's much smaller, but it actually like floats away beyond the horizon at the end, and and Newt sees that. Yeah, I
3: think that was that last little so, wisp that you saw go away.
2: Yeah, I don't think. Did it go away, any... or
3: did it go behind the building? Did it
2: disperse? I think you just saw it. go I, It out looked of to sight. me like it went. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if
3: it's gone. I, I'm gonna pose a, a, a theory that it's. At least he is gone, and it is because uh, this property is made by Warner Brothers. And Ezra Miller, who I will also, speaking of performances, I will give a shout out to him. I thought he did amazing. Yeah, he's been pretty good in everything I've seen. Before. Exactly. Um, he is, you know, playing the, for the moment, playing these small peppered parts in the DC universe now as the flash and he's definitely in the ensemble as the justice league and then once they figure out their director problems they are supposed to have a standalone flash movie starring him given all of that i am going to doubt that he will be returning into this franchise uh and in fact i almost wonder like the real cynical part of me wonders if warner brothers at any point saw like because I mean, do, do you remember DC announced their movie schedule like a year or two ago? And at that point, they were like, "Oh, well, you're going to get a Flash movie four to five years from now." And so, I'm wondering if in the in between, either they had like an overall picture deal with Ezra Miller, or they thought, "Hey, you know, we 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 can fit you into here uh, within this Fantastic Beast movie in the meantime," as. Uh, uh, I don't wanna say a consolation because again, I think he crushed his role, but um just as a a little thing to hold him over until they could really get into the meat and potatoes of the, of the flash. but given his upcoming schedule for that, I would be very surprised if like the character of credence in any form is coming back
1: well i mean what else do, does anybody, do you know his what else he has scheduled because like Justice League is done filming, right? yeah, so they haven't done flash yet, which they gotta get a director before they can film for flash and if he doesn't have too much on his schedule, I don't think he would put it past him to be able to at least come back for some sort of cameo. It doesn't have to be a big role. But even after seeing this movie, if he shows up in the next one, and you just see his face, and you know he's still floating around somewhere, that's enough to give people like, oh, shit, he's still there.
0: Chris Pine had enough time to do Wonder Woman and the the last Star Trek movie. Oh, point taken. Yeah, that's true. I guess, I'm
3: wondering, do you... Okay, well, you know what? I stand, perhaps corrected, immediately because on his IMDb p- IMDb page, he does have Fantastic Beasts 2 listed right after The Flash. But but <laughs> okay. but spoiler well, alert, spoiler, spoiler alert. But I will say <laughs> I can't really see any story purpose to continue him. I mean, no no offense to to him or his character. I, I I'm not that in more I'm not that much more interested to know what happens to him or his Obscurus. Like, I feel it was wrapped up nicely, we have a resolution. Unle- unless he but became, I, I kind like, of... Imp- like of, of paramount importance for some reason, I I don't really need to see more.
2: I'm, I'm kind of thinking, though, the, that Grindelwald chasing the Obscurus would be, like, the driving force behind the tra- the franchise, maybe. Because there's so much we don't really know about them. And there's so much that Newt wants to know
0: about them.
1: It's okay, it's oh, You mean following the Obscurus stuff?
0: yeah could be I mean it given that we i mean that that's part of the idea of this franchise that I love is that we have no idea what's about to happen next right you know the the Harry Potter books were out there, and if you read them ahead of time you knew what was going to happen and they didn't really stray at all so you you know you knew what was coming here we have we have no clue and I love the idea that we can conjecture about <laughs> what's coming. Next, because if he's signed on for the movie, he's going to appear in some way. And it's just a matter of did he survive? Is it going to be a flashback scene? Oh, is yeah, it, it be, could be a
2: flashback, yeah.
0: You know, what are we going to get out of it? And I think the Obscurus is definitely going to play a bigger role than just a, you know, than say the rumpant, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it appeared in the movie and now it's gone. Yeah. Um,. So I definitely think we're going to get that bigger role, but to what extent I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. Is that going to be the driving evil in the you know the real source of power for Grindelwald, or is it going to be his next chase for something different of power? Uh, he gives up on the Obscurus and starts going after something else.
3: Yeah, uh, Mike, I'm going to latch on to something you said a second ago, but then take a little kind of a hard left turn there uh the point that there is no source material to go from there's no worry that you know it's not that you you don't know what's coming next um the the third show that i saw today was with somebody who was on their second viewing and we both agreed on the same thing that it's nice not to sit and watch the movie it's nice to 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 not leave the theater and immediately start pissing and moaning about the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is such a breath of fresh yeah. air that you have all this brand new stuff that you're you're completely ignorant of. You're learning it all for the first time. It's like fresh new eyes again. It's all exciting again. But you don't have that annoying conversation <laughs> that you have with seven different people at different times about the same thing about well what subplots did they cut and why do you think they made that decision was it a studio thing was it was it a consideration of effects or budget oh i really wish they would have kept that character i really like this event why did they do it was nice not to do that
0: and i think that's the case with a lot of big blockbusters that they do these days you look at the big summer blockbusters we have right now it's mostly comic book movies. We had, you know, the Harry Potter franchise, Star Trek, Star Wars, and there's a lot of expectations behind all of these. And with something that is, it's, it's tied to a universe, but completely new, I think, you know, it, it is really a breath of fresh air to have something that is entirely new like that, that has that huge movie feel to it. You know, like, there's good movies out there that are, new material here and there mm-hmm. um, it's still somewhat rare for these types of movies but I don't know, uh, The Force
2: Awakens kind of did that. I mean it's pretty much new material tied to a pretty significant
0: uh, uh, franchise. We can have that conversation another time <laughs> but uh, <laughs> The Force Awakens is a lot of recycled material.
2: Oh I granted but it's it's a new concept really.
0: Yeah but there's expectations though. I mean You're saying it, there was expectations for There's expectations there's, ex- for Fantastic there's expectations, there's no, expectations
2: I mean, for the Harry Potter world.
0: Th- there is, but there's there's no characters that we've really dealt with before. Whereas Star Wars we're dealing with the story continuing of at least Luke and Leia moving forward, we were dealing with Han and Chewie again. Oh. We already and... know Grindelwald, we already know Newt, we already know Dumbledore.
3: A, a bit. Actually Right, but well, let me let me interject cuz I, I think I can I can steer this to a good place. Uh Andy, are you have you read the books or did you just see the movies? I read all the Harry Potter. Okay, books. okay. So you you know that that background. Did you and maybe Brian, maybe you're the best one to to direct this question to then. Uh-oh. Do you feel that you were lost in in the story? Was there so much that you think you needed to know to understand what people were talking about or did the story they present was it for brand new eyes enough that even if you were just a casual harry potter movie viewer or maybe if you were walking in completely cold to this um you know did, did it feel like you had to have already been knee deep in this stuff to really follow much of it or were you fine the whole time
1: uh well before i answer i'm just gonna say going back to what you mentioned about Seeing this and feeling like it's all new and everything, and you know, not questioning the book and comparing to the book—that's how I felt watching every Harry Potter movie because I didn't read the books. Oh, good point, blasphemy, I know, but <laughs> that's where I'm coming okay. from. So, just with that knowledge of the movies, yeah, I was a little lost with some of the stuff that came up in this movie. Basically, just character names. Like, I don't know who Grindelwald is. Okay, um, and that seemed like it carried a lot of weight just from the like talking to you and other people that I know are fans of the franchise. Mm-hmm. That name had history to it, which I don't know. Okay. So when they're throwing around Grindelwald, I don't know the importance of that person, other than he's a bad guy.
3: Do you want any and... of that explained to you, or would you like to experience that as the sequels go on? I don't know if I don't they're going to explain all of it.
1: I'm torn, actually.
3: Well, let, let, let me at least just say why you probably don't know it. That was a major, major, major subplot that was completely cut out of the last movie. The 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 last two. Enough? Well, as, as a two-part two movies,
0: yeah. um, uh, two whole movies, they could have covered this. It, you know, it, you oh four yeah, I thought hours, they did a, this yeah. could have been covered.
2: I thought they did a piss poor job of adapting the Deathly Hallows book. Yeah, like they hit the well, not maybe not a piss poor job, but they they left a lot of meat, really good meaty stuff out. They did,
3: and and like this kind of. I would call it quote important stuff to your storytelling. Um the the relationship between Grindelwald and Dumbledore, their youth, uh Dumbledore's past, his impact on the 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 wizarding community in the 1900s. Uh there th- there's a lot to that. So in in the Deathly Hallows movie, you literally get the moment that we said earlier where you see uh Jamie Bowers for two seconds, stealing the wand when he's like 19 years old, and then for another two seconds, you see Voldemort visiting Grindelwald in his cell in prison as he's an extremely old man. Uh, and I think this is at the end of yeah, this is at the this is all encompassed within Deathly Hallows Part One of of the films. And Grindelwald is the one that tells Voldemort the Elder Wand lies with Dumbledore. And then Voldemort wisps out the window, and it's never mentioned again.
0: Okay. If if
3: I'm you a... were to read the book, you like that could take up twenty percent of the book. Like the importance of their relationship and their history, why he's involved, how he actually is very intricate to the Voldemort story itself. Um, so that that's a, a reason that you don't know that because they did a very bad job in telling that the first time. So in I'm other just words, thinking
1: just now that we're now that you're explaining all this to me and that it was such seemed like a crucial part of the book that if the story meeting for the movie somehow went, well, should we put this subplot in? And they said, no, we'll make a movie, a prequel out of it. And now that that one prequel is coming out, it's like, you know what? Let's make it five.
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe because they realized well, they need to flush it all out.
0: I, I, well, I don't think they're actually going to do that though. I don't think we're going to get the fleshed out story of Grindelwald and Dumbledore at any point here. You're going to get the battle, and I think it's going to be that, you know, Dumbledore shows up on screen for the final battle moment, and that's about it.
1: I mean, they have to know that if you're setting up this battle, you have to flesh out the story before the battle.
0: If they
3: they have, let's say,
1: three and a half...
0: just two best wizards of the time. If
3: they have three and a half more movies to get to that battle which is going to be i mean i would assume would be the climax in a lot of ways of the last of the fifth part um i'm presuming that you'll get introduced to whoever is taking over the role of young dumbledore in this first sequel two years from now but you have time to tell it in flashbacks you have time to do that while advancing your other story arcs that might involve
0: newt or others My thing with that is I don't necessarily think we're going to get a young Dumbledore. um, Because, as you already said, he's, they're 80, what did you say, 80? About 80. About roughly 80 years old at the time of this movie, which means at the time of the climax they're roughly 100 years old.
3: Yeah, but look how good Johnny Depp is supposed to look at 80.
0: (laughs) Right, 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 right. But I'm saying, I, I honestly think they would be more apt to probably either have already... Or very soon film that final battle now with Michael Gambon looking much younger.
2: Yeah, they can do a lot of the effects f- that would make him look Johnny Depp's age, I'm sure.
0: Right. But because it, I mean, the, that fifth movie is what, probably at least seven years, eight years away. Yeah. And Michael Gambon's not exactly a young buck. So I would think they would film it now with him, get it filmed, because we already lost one Dumbledore. True. uh, And get it filmed, get it done, have them look, you know, roughly that age that they're looking for, because it's not the actual age that they are that they're looking for, because obviously 100 looks a lot older than that. Um, And I, I could see them very much filming that now. Um, oh, yeah. Is he
3: signed on for more movies? I don't think... I I, I have no idea. I'm actually thinking they're going to go the other route where they're going to have a middle-aged... Like, an actor about 45 to 55 years old cast for that role for a few iterations. Now, Dumbledore might not be a major character and major player in the main plots of the next couple. But he will be integral enough that it's necessary to have him there to uh, further the plot between him and Grindelwald.
1: I was just going to say two things. I think I did read that they are rumored to be looking for, if they're not casting him yet, but they're at least looking for a younger type actor, or at least someone to play a younger Dumbledore, not necessarily a younger actor. Right. But someone to play him in that time period. And the second thing I read, I think just today, was that it might even be J.K. Rowling, said that Newt Scamander is not going to be a main character in some of these other sequels. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I kind of assumed So he that... might be put aside to the yeah. supporting to make room for the Dumbledore story or something like that.
0: Well, what my, my whole thing was, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it the case that after, I won't spoil anything for Brian, but after what happens in the books early on between Grindelwald and Dumbledore, don't they kind of go through a hiatus where they kind of meet back up for that battle?
3: Yeah, they, they don't see each other from the time that they're like 20 years old. What is it's like? It's either right. it's, it's like 18 to 20 years old where that tragic event happens. Story. And yeah. then, yeah, they I, think I know what that tragic event is uh, as, as, as as the way as far as uh, as far as it is explained in Deathly Hallows. Yeah, they don't actually physically meet each other again until almost 80 years later, I would say, until he has to actually fight him down.
0: Right. So, I mean, I I would see Dumbledore's story taking place very much separately. And I don't think that we're going to get a whole lot of the British side to what's going on. I think they're going to stay in the U.S. for this. I think they're going to further establish what that universe is like here.
3: Or I would love if she jumped and around.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If she does that and we, we get a Dermstrang year and a Bo Batten's year or something like that, that would be interesting. Or just, yeah, just something. Um, and, and
3: the thing that I liked about this movie was that... You know, two things. It wasn't just taking place at school. It was... You know, it didn't have to feel like a school year. And everything that happens is with trained veteran adult wizards. So not, yes. n- not everything is this, like... We're still kind of sloppy, kind of learning spells and magic. It's ready to go wizards with just, like, full-out, you know, reflexes. Yeah, yeah, you're off and running already. Yeah. Does it, definitely a different play, right?
0: Yeah, compared to what we've seen in general, like, Newt seemed kind of like a badass in a lot of ways. Because as you have seen in the previous films, you know, he's very quick with his wand. He's very, mm-hmm. you know, open about it um Uh, but yeah
3: as was everybody like i i will say there was something about this the again maybe taking a hard right turn but the even if you take out the magic stuff of this and the creatures aspect all that this movie in my in my opinion this movie was charming as all hell the the set design the costumes the speech patterns like especially of a character like queenie um the, the, like they nailed what i would feel like 1920s new york felt like like yeah. they they nailed a period piece tremendously well and i think that that, one of that things, aided a
0: lot one of the things i noted myself um specifically was kind of the attitude difference that you see between American witches and wizards and mm-hmm. British in that in first and foremost, their relation to muggles and nomads, mm-hmm. um, being that Muggle the British are very, <laughs> <laughs> the British are very accepting. of plug that Andy. The, Oh, I'm releasing muggles that shit next year. And, you know, that they're not so, off-put by them the way that, you know, say Voldemort was, but they accept them. They are perfectly fine with inner relationships and things like that. In the U.S., it's completely off-limits.
3: Yeah, there was... To the point there was that a, they... There were a couple things that I think she blatantly wrote as uh, contemporary parallel criticisms of American
0: culture. Well, see, the other end of that is I have... that I, I Maybe not a lot of people noticed it as much as I did, but... It came off to me that it was a parallel because they were worse to Muggles, but they treated house elves a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know that the house elves had clothes; they had jobs that they weren't just servants in homes. Um, you know they they weren't dressed in pillowcases. There, there were there, <laughs> there know, were like... a few if you spotted them,
3: but yeah, I mean, in, yeah. I mean, in general, that there was not a general mood of, of disdain for them. They weren't viewed that way right. automatically.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, in Harry Potter's universe in Britain, it's supposed to be, you know, Dobby's like the first free elf. You know, so he wears... <laughs> you know, that was one thing I they really wish they would have done with Dobby, that they didn't. It endeared him so much more for wearing 30 hats at one time. And, yeah. you know, the, the things that he would do... It made, it made his death, you know, much more impactful than when they endeared him more over the course yeah, that of
2: really Yeah, that
0: really lacked in the movie, the impact. Well, of it was the, the whole course of the movies. I mean, Hermione's whole thing with uh, Spew and it, it, everything. It was just like, they just cut out Dobby after the second movie. And we're like, oh, we're going to bring him back eventually. But yeah. we're not going to cover his whole story throughout. And... I feel like they could have, but they didn't, because it's just snippets. He doesn't have to be there much. But I I, uh, I felt like that it was just an interesting contrast, that they treat muggles worse, but they treat house elves better. And, you know, at first when I thought about it with just the muggles thing, it was like, you know what, she is making a, a statement about contemporary U.S. issues. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of thought about it like, but the house elves are treated better so it's kind of confusing true you know like so they just have completely different attitudes about things in the u.s than they do in britain yeah so
3: did, did you also i think you're lit- did you also catch that the u.s has the, the u.s magical community has capital punishment whereas britain yeah. does not you know they'll, they'll, they'll right. put bellatrix lestrange and sirius even though sirius was innocent they believed him not to be they'll put them in prison for life but, but they won't. But they will kill them. But this ministry had almost like a lobotomy looking procedure. It was fucked up. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well,
0: the the draught of living death. Is that? Is that uh, what you I think? mean, that's what that was. The, well, yeah. When she drops in uh, the, uh, she drops something into it. It the, uh, the burns. That was the thing. Cause... It was like. No, 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 She She took off like a, a strap of clothing or something like that. Like It was the tie. It was his tie, wasn't it? That she, she drops off something she takes off of him in the water, and it burns away the same way that the Draught of Living Death does. Really? It's the same effect.
3: Okay, I'll have to pay attention next time I see it, because I didn't catch that. To, to me, the first thing I noticed was... They put their wands up to the prisoner's temples and extract something, just like yeah, like, like the and then they yeah, they like drop the Dumbledore's those Dumbledore. memories in there to entice them to go in to get in, and that was that's why I kind of felt like a lobotomy to me is that it, it looked like you know a, a, affecting think... the frontal lobe is how you do a a, a lobotomy, and she initially at, at least at first went very like blank and and mm-hmm. empty looking. Um, but yeah, but that when, when they deposit that memory, those memories into the pool, if you will, that's exactly how a pensive works. So I don't, is there like a combination of like pensive and draft a living death? I guess I could buy that. I didn't, I didn't take it that way.
2: Well, like the, the, the pool doesn't really get nasty until that wand gets incorporated. Like the wand gets dropped into the pool and then the pool just gets this like, aggressive yeah it
3: it go it goes like like, uh uh, ghostbusters 2 hand coming out of the slime uh, in the bathtub yeah (laughs) yeah totally what i got too
0: yeah i mean i i think that it could be what you're saying like the mix of the two but it's also we don't know what happens when a memory that you would put in a goes into draft of living death
3: yeah what 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 do you think what do you think happens once somebody gets lowered into that like assuming that would be cool to like find right? out like assuming that the 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 gelatin hand encapsulating thing doesn't happen and it's just the, like if it seemed like normally the idea is you put these memories in this pool to entice people to want to go in they sit in the little chair the chair takes them into the pool and then what they they drown they, they die <laughs> right right but like how are they i don't think i think they
0: i think well, if it is the draft of the living death, or it's it, uh,
2: is it liquid avada kedavra?
0: Yeah, kind of like it. It just kills whatever comes into it instantly. so yeah, so it, it, it is sort it, of
3: like an. I mean, think of it almost like a lava or an acid type of thing. It it's it's a it's a material. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like ma- uh, d- it's material death- disintegration death spell in material,
2: right? Right. But doesn't but doesn't that I mean you kind of see it in the movie with with Sirius Black where the the spell actually separates his soul from his body. Is that like liquid form of that?
0: Oh, what that that happened because of that uh, archway,
2: right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is th- is this like a manifestation of the archway's magic? Oh,
0: interesting. I don't know. That that's a thought. It's possible. Um my my thought was more but like what keeps pumping into my head is if you're going to have a death sentence other than for the effect of having a cool scene in the movie isn't the killing curse just enough I mean it's quick <laughs> it's humane it's simple
3: Right but isn't that the exact uh not criticism but the but the the, the exact way that you want to paint the picture even you know a, American capital punishment is not firing squad by bullet in the brain that's which we would be, we have lethal yeah. injection we have the gas chamber we've had the electric chair all those other ha- hanging even like we have we have these quick means where we're sadistic just, yeah in a way so i mean maybe that's you know as a as as a brit maybe that's another way that she saw it where you could just do that but then wouldn't that make you the killer this this way you got somebody to effectively kill
0: themselves yeah, I guess I—I I don't know. It, the whole scene was creepy because it was kind of like a—a a nurse too doing it, and which yeah. is why I was thinking it
2: it seemed like a mental asylum type of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was
3: thinking like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and uh, uh, what was that bad Zack Snyder movie?
1: A Batman V Superman? That... <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, the one with the, the girls in the um, <laughs> Sucker Punch. <laughs> Okay.
1: Oh Oh, that one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty pretty messed up.
2: So I have a question about the Lestrange Mm -hmm. reference. Is that the grandmother of Bellatrix?
3: Um well keep in mind okay, so my my wife and I had like a an half hour discussion about that. Thing alone afterward, <laughs> because look, right because Bella... we
2: see a little bit of that that lineage mm-hmm. with the the serious Black lineage when it's like painted on the wall, right? Well,
3: uh, Bell- Bellatrix marries in to the Lestrange family later on. She okay. is actually a black, right? Uh, okay. So that's why we see her on the wall, the the black. Yes, people. and so she marries okay. someone named Rodolphus Lestrange. So this person, this Lita Lestrange, could potentially be Rodolphus's mother or grandmother at the same time. I mean, because she, she, if as a teenager, if she already has that name, she's born into it. She's not married into it. So, right. but at the same time, if the Lestrange family is big enough, she could just be any other random female member of the family. It doesn't mean she has direct lineage to even uh, Bellatrix's husband. Okay. Um, but yeah, we we went back and forth on that for a while, too. We, like, we, like sketched out family trees and
0: stuff. <laughs> Lestrange could just be the Jones of the Magic <laughs> Universe. <laughs> you know, we...
2: Oh, that, that's true.
0: I, I mean, was it, that... It's obviously used for a reason. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like they're th- they're not going to name her Lestrange and not explain that at some point. Yeah, right. and I thought I recognized
2: the actress that they showed in the picture. It's... Was that was that Lenny? Zoe? Kravitz's yeah. Zoe,
0: yes. Yeah. yeah. That was. So Zoe she's.
2: You would think that they would probably end up using her for. Oh yeah. Then, if if they cast someone that big, yeah, right? I
0: don't, I don't think they cast her just to be in the picture. Right. You know, yeah thought, If that's what I, I saying, thought I that's.
2: I thought that was her, but I couldn't. I couldn't. It was like just like a passing shot. You it's know, one of those so.
3: pictures that came with the frame. <laughs> and I figured out later. <laughs> yeah. that. It came with our CGI frame. We'll just uh, put someone else <laughs> in when we really need them.
0: And speaking of lineage, I can bring my second stump, Josh question for Harry cool. Potter. Hey, but this one actually will. I'll I'll, I'll throw out for Josh. There's one link. Uh, in family lineage between Harry and Voldemort. Who is it? One common ancestor. Peveril. Which one?
3: Well, neither, because one brother goes to Voldemort, the other brother goes to the Potters. So it would
0: actually be their parents. There was... There was, there was there, well, there was three brothers.
3: Right, but one, one of the three... If I, if I understood it... Their their commonalities don't trace b- both back to one of them. Maybe I'm mistaken. I thought one of the three brothers, if you follow him, you end up at the Gaunts, and you end up at Voldemort. If you follow the other brother, you fo- you end up at the Potters. I could be wrong about that, though.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, you, you're right about that. But st- I have the name. Well, I know there, there, <laughs> yeah, there was um...
3: Ignotus... There was Cadmius, and the third is is escaping me right now. Okay. Well,
0: Which answer... one of the
2: Deathly's Hollows did Ignotus have?
0: Ignotus had the cloak. Ignotus was cloak? the hairy. Right.
3: Okay. And I, I feel like Cadmius had the stone, but I don't recall. Yeah, so Cad- Cadmius so had missing... the stone. So the one that, so the the one that had the wand initially, is the one I can't
0: think of. That's the one that went to Voldemort. Okay. Cadmus is the one that's to both of them. Because Cadmus' lineage, if you trace back, even if you go from brother to brother, you know, Harry's lineage comes from here, his from here, the brother and their parents on back.
3: Right. Yeah, so I mean, once you got to the three brothers' parents, that's, like, to me, that would be their common... Ancestry, but if they're being bred out of sort of different brothers' lineage, then it wouldn't be one of them. Okay, I can
0: accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. You have passed the test. You can,
2: just the umbrella, of the the Peveril family. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd
0: have to look at the whole family tree again to see exactly <laughs> where that intersection is. But I had it. Wrote down as Cadmus. I thought that was the.
3: Well, I could absolutely. I could absolutely answer. be forgetting
0: some detail that proves you right. Well, it could be that Cadmus is their father, and that. It might be. You're missing two of the Peveril brothers' names. Yeah. I think that, so, that might be the case, or something. But go ahead.
1: I'm gonna switch topics on us here, because there's. Other cast members I don't think we touched on yet. And how has no one brought up freaking Dan Fogler as Jacob yet?
2: Oh, he was awesome.
1: I,
3: loved I him laughed so every much. time he was on screen. They yeah. all were. This cast was great. Like I said, Going back to like saying this, this was a charming movie. I liked the fact that I didn't really know who anybody was. Like I recognized Dan Fogler. I know who Colin Farrell is, obviously. John Voight, who I don't know really why he was there. But... He's got to have a bigger role later. I'm hoping, right? Doesn't he seem like a
2: Jonah Jameson? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, like, the other characters
3: who played – the other actresses who played Tina and Queenie, um, like, I loved everybody. And, yeah, Jacob, I I was so pissed that that's how they ended up with him.
1: He's got to come
2: back, right? Well, okay. So Queenie sees him at the end, yeah. right? How did you read and that? And she she gets a really really big smile. Like so she can read his mind cuz she's a uh oh, um, is the yeah. term for Yeah, she yeah. could so very she, maybe put So she knows back. that there's something Well, we already know that there's something in his head still because he's making those fucking creatures <laughs> out of his fucking donuts. <laughs> but um um not she knows his mind and, and they're, the they're smile that she creatures. gets leads me to believe Delicious that creatures. she knows that she is in there.
3: Oh, that...
2: That he remembers
3: her. That is her. really insightful. Sure, I had not put that together.
0: And the whole thing with Queenie, that there was something there that bothered me. What was that? And it it also leads into the potential for her to put the memories back. Huh. Into his head. Um, is that even in the books, they did not particularly explore the true powers that lie with a legilimens. Okay. In that, especially in this case, because... What you have going on here essentially is the assumption that, based on the evidence we have, that either Voldemort was hiding his power as a Legilimens, or that Queenie, this random girl from the 20s, is a more powerful Legilimens than Voldemort was.
2: Was Voldemort a Legilimens, or was it just the connection between him and Harry that are you talking no, about? No, he, he—he no, Voldemort was a Legilimens, he was too,
0: but but to, I
3: didn't, I didn't. Take Legilimens as such a rare thing, like parcel Tongue, like it was a particular thing that only exceptional or or very gifted, powerful people could have. And if you can wield it, that I, I mean, I that's how I, I I've never taken it that way. But but if 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 it well, is, go ahead and, and flesh it out.
0: Well, I think it's the same way as you know Harry's uh, Expelliarmus. Spell is a lot more powerful than other people's. You know, he just had each. You know, and Ginny with the reductive. Okay. You know, they, I think they each kind of have <laughs> the things that they're best at. You know, they they feel this spell and Harry's Patronus. You know, like it. There's certain things that each wizard can excel at, and you know, potentially any wizard can be a Legilimens. Right. It is a spell, but. I feel like there's certain things that people excel at and that basically they're saying that once again, to me saying that she has this power like this and displays it so Mm -hmm. freely and is obviously so strong with it. She can read your direct thoughts instantly. It doesn't require the type of penetration that it took for Voldemort to read into Harry's mind or into somebody else's mind. You said penetration. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Uh, but I mean, that's really what—that's really the word that you have to use, I think, because it does require that. You know, it, it, I'm going to say it again, even though it's you're going to say something. <laughs> you're breaking it, it, it the It requires <laughs> a forcible entry into somebody's mind. It, it, it does. It requires that into somebody's mind. In, in for any other Legilimens that you experience, which is pretty much Voldemort. And that's why Snape practices Occlumency and to keep him out so he can continue to play both sides even though he's really only playing one and all that. So the idea that she is such a powerful Legilimens mm-hmm. to be able to do this stuff instantly with no resistance whatsoever is... I don't know. To To me, that's diminishing the power that voldemort was wielding
3: well remember and i'm with you about halfway so remember there were many times especially with muggles that uh okay so the opening to the book of goblet of fire uh they're at his family's old house the gardener comes in to find them the gardener tells them uh my wife knows i'm here and if i don't come back she'll call the cops and Voldemort instantly, immediately says, you're lying, you have no wife, nobody knows you're here. So, on the one hand, maybe it is easier, and, and this is when Voldemort is still, like, an alien fetus baby thing. But didn't Voldemort know him? No. Well, yeah, nah, no, I would say he didn't. Yeah? No, be- because he... I thought he did. He was <laughs> No, he was the gardener... At the time that Voldemort returned when he was 17 to kill his parents. He's a pretty old man. Parents. But to to have kept up on one particular muggle's family and life track all that time, I, I would doubt it. But but here here's my point.
0: I think it's a power of assumption there. Well, maybe, but... Because he's still a gardener as an old man working in the same place he was back then. How much has his life changed if he's still working as a... You know, he's still doing what he's doing
3: well there are other instances that they point out through the books that Voldemort has mostly other than Harry and Snape perhaps a mostly instantaneous ability to know whether someone is is lying here or not what what I think is the more interesting possibility is and I thought this is where you were going to go a few minutes ago does Queenie have the ability like like Voldemort did in Order of the Phoenix He got into Harry's mind, made him think that he had Sirius locked away uh, at the Ministry, and then therefore Harry sprang into action to go save him. Could you also implant, could Queenie implant visions or memories, if you will? Could Could she use the power of Legilimens so much to make someone believe that something had happened in the past and create a memory in their mind? So therefore, filling him back in, filling Jacob back in on some of the experiences they had, and drawing them back together, I I would like to see that. Or if they if they just if they just said that in exposition, I would buy it.
0: <laughs> There's also a possibility that Queenie departs from the magical universe and decides to make a life with him because she's in love with him yeah that's true that's Mm -hmm. true too you know just leaves it all behind says all right screw you people that don't want to let me have the man i love even though he's a nomad and yeah
3: that's a possibility too
0: i I really hope they hang on to those two for uh
2: like supporting cast for sequels because i like them
0: yeah yeah i I don't really other than that i don't know where they go with them yeah i mean because especially if newt isn't going to be back for all of these that I don't see them coming back either. I could
2: see the I could see um, her sister being a pretty major player.
1: See, I'm not saying Newt's not going to come back. I'm just saying he's not going to be the the main character. You might get him right. as a supporting role for all four of these movies, but... Right, that's it what could I'm saying. Be... Any,
0: any movie he's a supporting role in, I don't see them having the people that were the supporting cast for him also playing a supporting role.
3: Uh, right, right, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like anything that he is in that we're going to have Tina back again. Um yes. yeah. I really enjoyed that actress a lot. I think both her and Eddie Redmayne played brilliantly off each other in creating uh, like Eddie Redmayne's just constant like he he was strong, but he was reserved and twitchy and hesitant in his speech patterns and, 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 and like I think both of them just created these characters from the ground up out of nowhere and I absolutely love their portrayal but tina i think you're definitely going to get back because they've established her as a love interest but also spoilers at the in in the fantastic beasts book uh in the about the author section there's like a one page description um at the time that this fictitious Specific version of Fantastic Beast was supposed to be getting published. It's like the 52nd edition of the book. So he starts publishing these books like the year after the movie ends. The first one is published in 1927. By the quote, early 90s that Ron and Harry have the book, it's in its 52nd edition. So there's this about the author section that says that Newt is now retired and he lives in such and such with his wife, Porpentina and their pets, effectively. And that is her full name.
2: So that would, that would be would full That's her full name, name. Portantina, okay. yeah. So, was there anything in this movie that you guys did not like?
3: I didn't quite understand, and, and you, you already said it, I didn't quite understand the, the, the subplot or story arc we needed for John Voight and his sons and the newspaper and the senator and all that. Uh, unless it's a building it, block. It better be, otherwise it's going to look really like a sore thumb I think yeah that,
1: the only reason that senator was killed was to give you the inkling that credence was the one that had the obscurus it's the only plot point the only reason i can think of why it's there yeah because you see him push him around when they're at his mm-hmm. office next time you see him he gets killed by the obscurus you have to be able to connect the dots there that he's the one he pushed you know credence was the one he pushed he has so the motivation yeah he's pushing back
2: they established a really strange relationship between John Voight and both of his sons, though. Yeah. That you would think that would require a little bit more fleshing out, if 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 it's only just a little. Still. Yeah,
1: I think if John Voight comes back, you're definitely getting the other son to come back too, because that right there's there's something else there, like you said.
2: Because yeah, it really seems like he might further the whole Salem movement because he really seemed to believe
1: in it. So maybe well, he will after be they that... see the other brother get killed in front of them by some sort of magical creature. Like which I'm pretty sure John voight
0: has gotta be on board now. Yeah. Well, well I mean will will they remember that? Yeah. I was gonna say they all just got hit by the Olivier oh, Rain. So Touche.
3: Which they could bring it back around so it, it, it depends on to what extent and how much the a memory charm affects you. So if they right. only reset everybody, you know, two or three or four days those you know, yeah everyone
2: in that room when the senator gets killed would still remember well it's
3: it's possible they might not remember that like obviously his son is still dead and right. maybe just... somebody you know reinvigorates the idea of conspiracy theories or dark forces or something anyway you know like you said sort of carrying on the second salemers uh march without them really being around anymore but um which, which speaking, of, which speaking of cast and whatnot, um, Samantha Morton, who plays that lady, the head of the second Salemers, freaking loved her.
0: Yeah, she was evil and disturbing in a way <laughs> that you know it, it definitely worked. She reminded me of Umbridge.
1: Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah,
3: yeah, and uh, I I, I mean, remember till afterwards, Sarah reminded me that she was one of the she was the uh, lead precog in Minority Report, that same actress. I oh, wow. never would have figured that uh-uh. out. I, I said, I know her face, and and Sarah remembered. Uh, yeah, I thought she...
1: Yeah, because she was bald in that movie. That, well, that's That true. threw me. <laughs> and
0: it was like 15 yeah. years ago now. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I haven't watched that one recently, so I wouldn't have pulled that yeah, out. Yeah, she
3: was, she was someone else in the cast that I, I, I really enjoyed. There, there was really good casting all around. Well, Speaking yeah. of
0: the casting, there was something I read afterwards that kind of, like, the only person that I wasn't thrilled with myself mm-hmm. and was Eddie Redmayne. Really? Personally. Okay. And what I read afterwards was the people they were also thinking about, among them was Nicholas Holt. And I looked at the role the way Eddie Redmayne played it, and I said, you know, I think I may have enjoyed it more that way. I think I would have been able to like the character more, because I feel like Newt came off as kind of a dick a few times, (laughs) and I I think he's supposed to. Like
1: people don't like him, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he flat out does.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I I don't know, like it. I felt myself feeling mixed emotions about whether I was actually rooting for him or not at points. (laughs) You know, like it it was, I was, but it was like, you know, I, I I could, I could be rooting for this character more. And I just didn't feel that he had, I don't feel like Eddie Redmayne had the charisma that the character did, The, the character that was wrote, the character that, you know, with the charisma you want behind that hero, I just didn't feel was there
3: according to IMDB at least and I don't know how like if if that is just as fluid as Wikipedia can be um JK had him specifically in mind to play that role so okay. i'm sure she carried quite a bit of weight in the casting
0: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sure that she did I, I just don't know i don't know like i i felt like there was just a certain amount of charisma missing Now, that being said, typically with all of the Harry Potter movies, they did fantastic jobs casting the roles. So I'm going to say that that's the way he's kind of supposed to be and be happy with it. It just, I don't know, it didn't 100% work for me. That's all. (laughs) You know, it just, I wasn't there 100% with that character.
3: Fair enough. I I will say that I at least, I saw a complete character. Whether... It was what somebody else envisioned or not is obviously subjective. But what he did bring, I saw, like I said earlier, speech patterns, uh, twitches, idiosyncrasies, body language, movement. Like the way he ran, uh, the way he shuffled when he had the suitcase. It, he had deliberate choices for a, a complete person that he made. And I was at least happy to see that because I didn't just see... Eddie Redmayne on screen, I definitely saw a character of Newt's Commander that
0: he made. I would agree with that. I'm not cutting down the amount of individuality the character had. But, like, to me it was... It's just the charisma that I felt was lacking that you need in a hero. In a side character, like, if it was a... A secondary role. You know, if he was in the role of Jacob, you know, or say Ron to Harry, um, I feel like it would have been a character that I fell in love with. But as a hero character, I wasn't as sold on it.
3: Fair enough.
1: So, this is kind of off-topic, but I just realized that we're an hour and a half into this with a movie called Fantastic (laughs) Beasts and hasn't we haven't talked about any of the beasts. <laughs> what that's did you guys true. think of the creatures?
0: I think... What, what, did you have a favorite? I was going to say, what's our favorite creature to go off of here? Nippler. Definitely the one... <laughs> I don't
1: know the name of it. Nippler. Yeah, the one that likes
3: the, the shiny Nippler. things. Is that, yeah, yeah. I want one. Give me yeah. it now.
0: See, I <laughs> like the erumpent, personally. That that was my favorite. I, I thought the erumpent... Is, Arumpen that, is was that the, 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 the rhinoceros-looking yeah, thing? Do
2: the mating dance for.
0: Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, if you weren't aware, that is the creature that's under the ice... For anybody listening wasn't aware that they show swimming under the ice that is the rumpant swimming yeah. there. That's not some other creature that they forgot to touch on or something like that that you felt yeah, like, okay. why? what happened with that? No, that that is that. Um but yeah, the Niffler was awesome. Um and the Thunderbird.
2: Oh, the Thunderbird was magnificent. Especially yeah. when it yeah. got freed at the end there.
0: I mean, I think if I was going to have one, that's the one I would want because I could ride it. Like, the Niffler's cool, but I feel like the Niffler would just be a pain in the ass to, like, he have as a pet. Would. You know, like, that's one you're just going to be chasing around all the time. Just I, train him know, the... to steal
1: other people's shit, not your own shit.
0: Yeah, but he's not going to give it to you. Ah, oh, point taken. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to catch his little ass and shake him. And... <laughs> but he's uh, so I... cute. It's
1: a fun little game we play.
0: But, I mean, if I ride into. I don't know, wherever the hell I'm going on a Thunderbird. <laughs>
2: That's a way to make an you, entrance. You, you,
0: know, you just. Exactly. You just made an you're entrance. ah, like, oh, frick. Mike so, Bradley's here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> on his Thunderbird.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then the Thunderbird just eats whoever said that. And you're like, okay. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, uh, I did a quick count. So, I, well, one, thing, one thing I was happy about is there's a number of animals that are contained within the Fantastic Beasts book thing that they published that have been well represented in the past harry potter movies i'm glad that they took an opportunity to develop and envision as many more brand new ones as they could um and as far as i could tell there's really nothing in short of like a grindalo which you barely see for a few seconds in goblet of fire i think there's really nothing in this that we've already seen everything else is
0: new you see the you see the horn Well, well but that's you see the horn you don't see the end that
3: is true and you don't actually well yeah if, if you know to look for the horn in the movie it's there but it's it doesn't play a role
0: it, uh, isn't that the reason that in the movie that even still that it blows up
3: I didn't think so i thought i, I, I thought, thought
0: the, a, I, I thought a curse hit it and it blew up the shack they might
3: i i took it as the death eaters were just like firebombing the hell out of the place and it just eventually collapsed it 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 very well could be mm. but since they don't really okay. discuss why that would have happened or make mention of it in any way i never took it that way but um yeah so i i counted either 15 or 17 brand new creatures directly from the book and another at least two that I think were brand new creations for this. And actually the Thunderbird being one of them. The Thunderbird is not in the Fantastic Beasts book. So that was brand new. Um, The Erumpent is in there. Uh, The other one that they uh, created brand new that I thought was so cool the way they used it was that swooping evil thing that like Yo yo thing that went and flew around and did a bunch of stuff for him all the time. Mm-hmm. I thought that one, I thought that was a really cool thing that they created. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I made a list I could go through, but I think my favorite was definitely the Niffler. I'm a sucker for cute little freaking fuzzy things. So as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I saw that thing peek its face out, I immediately said, I want seven of them.
2: <laughs> the, uh, my, uh, I would say the Niffler's my favorite. The next favorite, I think, would be the little stick figure insect guy that was kind of under his lapels the whole uh, time. Yeah. I thought he was pretty
3: awesome. Bowtruckle. Yeah. I can't remember what... Yeah. not yeah, Bowtruckle. What
0: the hell yeah. is? They talk about those a lot in the Harry Potter books, but you never actually see one in one of the movies. I know.
3: I was so happy that they finally brought one. Well, many of them into this. It seemed like they yeah. were
2: pretty rare because uh, was he a goblin? Goblin.
0: Man? Yeah.
2: Yeah. He was like, oh, is that a because he was, like, really pumped to see it. That was the Ron the Perlman, was up right? with his?
0: That really? was Ron Perlman. That was Perlman, okay. yeah. And what the hell was up with his fingers?
3: That they curled backwards? Oh, they, like, bent way. Yeah, the, the, the other goblins at the was... bank didn't Weren't have that. Weren't
0: those just his nails? No. If... No, those were his like fingers. the, the
3: top the, knuckle the... or two of his fingers started to bend backwards. Yeah. So
2: he had been maybe under
3: the, uh torture spell too long? Maybe? I was thinking he was kind of a or... gangster. Maybe he got them broken. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: why you don't crack your knuckles, kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I was thinking the same thing that Josh did. Jack Nicholson pulled out a shit kicker and <laughs> started pounding his hand on a pool table. Uh, <laughs> but
3: Oh, here you go. The bow truckle is a tree guardian creature found mainly in the west of England, southern Germany, and certain Scandinavian forests. So, American goblins would not see them that frequently uh, because they're not I guess not just plant creatures but they only sort of exist in certain geographic areas there
1: you all go alright um, right, so I think we should probably start to wind down just because I think we're going to lose Andy a little right, bit what, what was what was the other Facebook uh,
3: question unless we already hit it that, that was it oh favorite yeah. creatures
1: well, well, yeah. There, I think, I think Amy had two. One of them Andy brought up during the course of the discussion, oh, okay. and I presented her other
3: one. So I think that was that was it. That's all I got. All right. Um, do you want me to hit any of my other bullet points real quick? Some of the some of them are discussion pieces. Other ones are just stuff.
1: Well, I think there was one thing Andy wanted to touch oh, on, yeah. so I want to make sure he gets covered before we cut him loose.
2: Yeah. The only gripe I had with the movie was when, um, Newt leaves the silver eggs as collateral. Uh-huh. Would you need those as collateral? Couldn't you just buy
3: the fucking store with those? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why would that be collateral? Like, he could because just throw that silver. in the money. Well, then...
3: I, I, not, not knowing with the 1927 stock market price of Silver was. We don't
1: know what the exchange rate is for silver uh, eggs. Yeah, and
3: and and like really, I mean, they seemed heavy, but I don't know how many pounds was there. Maybe, maybe it was a, a good chunk on a down payment, but maybe it wasn't enough for the whole financing.
0: I was gonna say. I mean, even today, if you have like a hundred pound bar of silver, you aren't gonna be able to open a business in downtown Pittsburgh. <laughs> like it, will it, get you, you know, it, you know, very low six figures, <laughs> but. It's not. It's not worth enough. If it was gold, <laughs> yeah, that would be plenty. But silver just isn't going to cut it. My, so silver's good as a, a start on collateral, I guess. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I, I, my, my assumption was that that you know though that was the language, that was the words that had been used in the script previously. So it was just a quick, easy uh, okay. way to call back those same ideas. You know, rather than just say, "Use this to open your business." Yeah, I think they're probably just trying to make that connection again for, I, I don't know, maybe people who don't, you I hate to say it—is as simple as it is, like, who don't know finance terms as well, but they may have grasped the general idea. They just heard the same word, and they're like, yes, that will help Jacob's Bakery.
0: <laughs> Good job, Newt. Mm. Mm. I had one thing that I wanted to bring up that, while Andy's still here, um, and that is that if I have—it's an actual question here because if you watch uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, and it's some point on the Marauders' map, I, I found this when I was researching interesting ideas to talk about. Some point on the Marauders map, Newt's Commander's name turns up on the Marauders map, on that map during the movie in Hogwarts. I heard the same thing. What did what did we think he's doing there at that time?
3: I never noticed it, and I'm probably gonna watch that maybe even tonight before I go to bed, <laughs> <laughs> or or at least like in the next couple days to see exactly where that appears. Because I, I, the Mike, did you wh- where it was referenced for you? Did it say? Like, you know when the, when the ending credits are scrolling and there's a ton of names that they appear on the map? Was it at that point or is it like in the middle of the movie when Harry and other people are leafing through the map? Because I think that would be
0: an important point. Um, it did not say. Yeah,
1: Couldn't you just Google that?
3: Maybe they have a time code
1: associated with when he,
3: his name shows up? They could. Um, I will just watch the movie and report back next week.
0: <laughs> but we'll yeah, I mean, the I whole think two r- hours. <laughs> my,
2: my my guess would be it seems like he had uh, quite the relationship with um Dumbledore. That maybe he was just visiting an old friend,
3: or he could have been there. Yeah, he could be doing that, um, consulting on. Well, how long does he live? Like, would he? How f- he was? Does he yeah. live the same long as Dumbledore? He was... Or
0: He'd be a little bit younger? Yeah, he
3: was born. There's like I don't know if it's in the Fantastic Beast book. There's somewhere that uh is official that he was born in 1897. So even by wizard standards, he would only be like 120 right now. and So I mean, like, is that normal? That, that's, or... that's seemingly normal. I think t- wizard... Yeah, I mean,
0: if Dumbledore can be 150. Yeah,
3: and and Dumbledore didn't seem like he was dying of old age by any means, no. even, even as worn down as the... he was with everything. So I think typical wizard lifespan is maybe like 175 to 200 years.
0: And okay. My thoughts on his presence during Prisoner of Azkaban is he's there because of Lupin. Oh, you know they, they're dealing oh, with the whole okay. werewolf thing, and he's um, looking for research, right? And he, I, I think there, there's something in his history and Sc- Scamander's history that he is actually part of. Uh, some committee on werewolves or he writes a dissertation about werewolves, something like that. He he, he, actually has a lot to do with it. Yeah, he
3: was responsible for having the werewolf registration created at some point in the past. And, um,
2: uh, Dumbledore would have let him know that he hired Lupin because Dumbledore probably, well, Dumbledore did know that he was a werewolf, so he probably would have let Scamander know, like, hey, if you want to do research on am Look who's at my yeah, school. Or, or he could be there right, in, a, possibly,
3: in a consultation capacity.
0: Right. Oh. He, he could be bringing him the... Uh, Wolfsbane? What is it? Monkshood? Wolfsbane potion. Yeah. Wolfsbane, monkshood. And, and, uh, or he,
2: he could have been the one that taught... um, uh,
0: Taught Snape how to make it. Wow.
2: Severus. How yeah. to make it. Yeah.
0: Right. That, that, that's what I'm thinking. Is it, it, it,
2: or they just put their two heads together and came up with it or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's, my guess would be along those lines, and I don't think we'll ever get that defined, Um, so we'll just have the pandering and (laughs) guessing, but it, uh, I think it's just like a neat little Easter egg within it that, you know, like, oh, they had his character there fleshed out enough in her mind at the time to include him on that map to make sure his name appeared because I don't think it was just a happy accident.
3: Yeah, it might not have been. Yeah, I, I, I will definitely watch that sometime within the next week, because
0: I got ultra-curious
3: when I saw that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm the type, I'll watch it, and I'm the type that halfway through the movie, I'll forget to look for it, and... I'll be like, ah, well, shit, I just missed it or something. You know, like, I'll get to the end of the movie and be like, oh, I forgot to look. Okay, yeah. I gotta I just watch get it so again. so entrenched in what I'm watching. I'm like,
3: oh, yeah, that was a good movie.
0: Crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people, like, seeing, like, reviews and whatnot online, people saying that, um, the guy that directed Prisoner of Azkaban, they really should have just gone for him instead, uh... Just because Yates, they, you know, and I agreed with it. A lot of the criticisms of it is that when he took over with Order of the Phoenix, he kind of took the magic out. It didn't have that same feel that the first three did, at As least. As much of the whimsical? Yeah, you know, like the singing something wicked this way comes, you know, like yeah. it didn't have the same environment. You know, and and I, I get that the tone of the books changed too, but they still you still felt like you were in the wizarding world. Whereas this when Yates took over it kinda turned a little bit. But and
1: Mike, I want to jump off that because one of the things I wanted to bring up was that we are getting five movies total. David Yates has been confirmed to direct all five. Yeah. Are you guys excited for that prospect, or would you rather have different tastes and different directors over some of these movies?
3: I was skeptical about it that yeah he had done the last. he had done half of the harry potter franchise he did the last 4 of the 8 i will say though after what he delivered with this i am happy to see what comes next at least um i think okay. i think the one if nothing else for whatever someone else might uh, you know nitpick on this on, on this movie the one thing that i thought was absolutely phenomenal was the execution of of the movie as a period piece. The, the, the costumes, as I said before, the costumes, the look of the city, the set dressing, the production design, I, I, I was very blown away by it. And this story happens to be taking place in that background. Um, and I thought he achieved something really great with that enough that yes some things can go stale with uh you know having one director in charge of things for so long but at the but at the same time they also have the I looked at the credits they have the same production designer as they did for the entire series uh Stuart Craig so wait the produ- they were on all 8 movies Stuart Craig was the production designer for the for all 8 movies uh, okay, okay. Steve Cloves, who did the screenplay for, I think, seven of the eight movies. He was on as a producer this time because J.K. actually wrote the screenplay. Uh, David right. Heyman, who was the main principal producer on the entire first franchise, is the main principal. They they kept a very good core team together. So, yes, there can definitely be something to having different influences, there's also the idea of don't break something that's not don't fix something that's not broken right So, like i said i th- there was enough in this that i absolutely 100 percent loved that i i'm just waiting to see the next one and if by like the end of part two part three things seem to be like eh, i don't know you know okay I, I i think i make it akin at this point i make it akin to how uh, Kevin Smith has described going to the CW to direct episodes of The Flash and Supergirl. He said, "Yeah, huh. you're you're the director on paper, but you're also walking into a world of people who do things day in and day out, and have been doing them for so long that, in some regards, they don't really need you to do them." Yeah, I feel like
0: he said that live today. Did he? <laughs>
3: Like yeah. I, I feel I feel like that's maybe where Warner Brothers is with their team. And and maybe David Gates is just you know, maybe he just works so well with that team that they figure, you know, this is it. This is the group that's that's gonna do this. On the other hand, maybe all the other players are really executing everything well enough that maybe it wouldn't
0: really matter who the director was. Yeah. I like the consistency. You know, I think that's a important thing for the franchise um, at this point because it, so many times it feels like when they lose the consistency, you know, like kind of what you said, don't fix it if it ain't broke. And it, they try to and it doesn't work. So hopefully this works out for the better.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think it will be good to have David Yates do them all. I mean, the worst thing you just don't want it to become stale. So as long as he can keep things fresh and interesting somehow, we're not going to be screaming for another director just to get a change of pace or something. You know, for as much as the Transformers movies are all maligned and most people hate them, it's just they feel like the same thing over and over and over again for five movies. You don't want to feel that way with this. If they still do something different, even if it's just story different, like enough story different things, I mean, and if it if it if all five movies cover what a 20-25 year time period, at least maybe the change in setting will help too. So, yeah, I think I think I'm on board with that. Right as of right now, I'm saying I'm on board. We'll see after two two or three more movies if I still feel the same way. Uh Andy, how do you feel about same director? Um, I think he did a pretty good job. I would probably
2: be okay with it. I just hope that he doesn't um <laughs> fall into, like, a rut where you're kind
3: of worried about him,
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
3: like, if by the end of movie two, oh, you're a little no. skeptical, and then you realize, oh, he's in charge of three more. <laughs> right, and you're just kind of like, oh, balls, <laughs> you know, yeah. so. Because, uh, I don't
2: know, y- you can kind of, I don't know, lose your direction, I guess, if, if, if that happens too often.
1: Yeah, it's just going through the motions. You're not really feeling as creative anymore. Plus, a lot of people get burnt out. Right. That's why people yeah. take breaks after doing franchise movies for back-to-back uh, times. Joss Whedon. Yeah. He did the two Avengers movies and oversaw a lot of the Marvel movies and then was was done. He he served his three-year time. He was done. Um. All right, so we're going to, I think, try to wind down and wrap up. Josh, did you have one or two other things you want to touch on real quick before uh, yeah, we cut out? I
3: did some like fun notes of uh, the production and stuff that I put together as I was looking. Um, this is actually... So this is the second time that both, specifically, Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell have played the same character. Oh, Imaginarium of Dr. Yes, Farnaces. following uh, Heath Ledger's death uh, in the middle of that movie. Oh, that's right. The Those two, in addition to jude law uh, jude law took yeah. on the persona of that same character they kind of reworked some things and those three actors stepped into the character to to finish that film for them so i thought that was a fun little easter egg um also uh going off of like we talked about like where else could these sequels go 1926 is also the year that tom riddle was born so Ooh. by like 1942-43 is when he is murdering his parents and he's leaving He's <laughs> leaving wizard school. So he's like 19 to 20 years old at the time that uh, Voldemort, or I'm sorry, at the time that Grindelwald and, and Dumbledore are uh, having their battle. And he's actually, what, he's about 15 or 16 when he opens the Chamber of Secrets. So in the, in the middle of this time frame, around well, 1941, 42, 43, he's opening the Chamber of Secrets at Hogwarts, possibly inspired by the rise of Grindelwald uh, to look into his own lineage and, and you know, uh, attracted to the dark arts, etc. So he is already starting down that path during the story arc of this franchise. And possibly tying in with Newt because of the Acromantula quite possible that is an excellent point uh upcoming stuff i would say uh the actress who played tina katherine watterson and the actress who played the president who uh her name is carmen Ijogo. E- e- J- e- uh the president's name is seraphina picori that that was her name um, they are both going to be in the upcoming uh ridley scott continuation of alien the next oh, alien cool. is called alien covenant uh they are both going mm-hmm. to be in that which i thought would be fun because i enjoyed both of them very much in this movie um i definitely started to tear up immediately just when the opening title opened and i heard that uh, that little movement of those couple of notes uh, the harry potter oh yeah hmm uh i love the idea of the um the using the wands as the umbrella
0: it yeah that was it nice. was that a was nice cool. simple
3: yeah. thing i can't believe they didn't think of it earlier i thought it was charming as hell and i i, I love that uh did anyone catch this when newt comes out of the suitcase in the ministry of magic in in front of the inner the the confederation of wizards they say scamander the war hero uh, and then someone says oh no no that was his brother what the hell was that about? Oh, yeah. Now, I'm assuming that we're going to find out a little bit more about that, because I didn't right. get that reference. I, 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 and I don't know what war they're talking about, because this is a wizard community. What what other wizarding war would they
0: be referencing? I thought that was an interesting we, point. Are, are we assuming the Clone that, Wars. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we assuming that World War One would have no impact whatsoever on the wizarding community? I mean, I guess it's
3: possible,
0: but they don't really ever...
3: There's no other points in any of the stories where they talk about wizards participating in or or well, I mean, they could be affected by. I'm sure in some ways, but participating in I mean, and maybe they do. Maybe this is an exception or something that occurs. But
0: maybe. Well, do we assume he's a wizard? War One. Maybe that's the reference back to what Grindelwald was doing, and when they captured him, is maybe he was the actual cause behind it.
3: Uh, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I, it was just it was it was it may,
0: maybe he assassinated the the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I just thought it was an interesting point that it it sounded like a throwaway line, but I'm like that that can't be the end of that.
1: Well,
2: do
3: we assume Not, yeah. he's a wizard,
2: or could it just be a soldier in the war? Like, oh, he might be could... a nomad. Can you squib. have a brother
3: that's yeah, a nomad? Sibling... You have a squib. Siblings a would squib. do it. I, I doubt it that if he was that it, 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 that he would be noteworthy enough to those international oh, for, for
0: all those. Gatherers, yeah yeah. fair enough yeah uh yeah you you can't drop about a wizard war and not touch on exactly (laughs) so i'm looking forward to that
2: so i I have a real quick uh question before you carry on um do you think scamander maybe took a role in hogwarts as the um
3: teacher of um essentially um... yeah uh he might at some point later his early career afterward well here's the thing in in the in the movie, in the movie they know. say he's expelled. I don't expelled. remember. Um, mm-hmm. after that, he goes to work. For, he, he somehow is able to work for the ministry a little bit, and the travels that he's been on have been to, uh, as he said, you know, make the write this book, make this manuscript. But it it's actually it's not really spelled out very well in the movie, but it is almost like work commissioned research. Okay. So even though he was expelled and in the fantastic books, the fantastic beast book, he, they don't say he's expelled. It says after he graduated. So they changed that. But yeah, I I guess his knowledge was recognized enough, his aptitude was recognized enough that he was able to find some kind of position
0: in the British Ministry. Um but I think it's interesting that both he and Hagrid are expelled and both end up dealing with magical creatures. Right. As if it's kind of like the plan B for people that are expelled. Yeah. They just, they <laughs> just can't the, help themselves. Uh,
3: they, they inevitably find themselves in those situations.
0: Well, well, they're so you, still accepted. Thinking... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say they're still accepted as part of the magic community, but they're not really a full part of it. Mm-hmm. So... They send them out to the ranch to <laughs> tend the animals. Yeah. So I go ahead, Andy.
2: I'm going to predict that maybe Dumbledore asks Scamand Newt if he wants to be teacher of magical creatures at Hogwarts. He very well end up made yeah in do that one of in these, the future one of these sequels. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he'll accept it. Whether or not yeah. he accepts, I'm. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking at least Dumbledore is going to throw that out there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, among the accomplishments they list for his career, that's not among them. Okay. But that doesn't mean they. Once again, they could change it because they changed whether he was expelled. So they can always change that to suit their wants and needs. Yeah. Uh, the
3: the last thing I'll run through is just in case anyone wants to do their own quick googling or uh, look these up uh, on their own to get some more background on them. So this is the quick list of the creatures that. I was able to find confirmed through other websites and through reading through the book that appear in the movie. Uh, This is just alphabetical. An ash winder. Billy wig. The bow truckle, which we talked about. The demi-guys, which was the disappearing monkey-looking thing. A a dairy crawl. D-I-R-I-C-R-A-W-L. Doxies. Uh those both appear very quickly just in the suitcase montage. Uh the erumpent, the uh rhinoceros looking thing. Sarah really latched onto this one. The Whooper. F F W O O P E R. <laughs> it was the pink owl bird looking thing in, in the suitcase. Uh the graphorns, grindelos, Moon Calves, which were the like mini-llama-looking things with the big, long necks and the huge eyes. Uh, Mertlaps, which is that big rat thing that attacks Jacob in his apartment. The Nifflers. The Nundu, which was the thing that looked like the lion puffer fish thing. Okay. Uh, Okay. The Akami, which was the bird snake thing, the big blue-purple things that they found. The Swooping Evil, uh, the Thunderbird, and then there were two other ones that I could not necessarily nail down her name. Uh, one was these, like, luminescent spiders that Newt is seen holding and actually, like, bottle feeding for a quick second. And then there were those big, huge crab insect-looking things that were pushing rocks around. Yeah. Those just look like the big dung yeah. beetles. Yeah. I, uh, they like I thought they were rounding up dung. Honestly. Yeah, and
2: they very well may have. But uh... <laughs> like he, he, like he, he was keeping them there so that they could clean. It, it might have been. His, I, I couldn't nail down anything
3: that was like a specific magical name for them. But that's about everything. So what
2: were the big horse? What were the big horse things with like the uh, the squid or like mouse? Those are the grap horns. Those oh. are
0: grap horns. So, you, you mean the things that they stole from Avatar? No
3: <laughs> that they made up that <laughs> magical. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Attitude, stupid. Uh all right, uh one more quick thing. Go round out of ten, what do you give in the movie? Solid eight.
0: I was saying I was eight gonna, and
2: a half. I was gonna give it uh, between an eight and a
1: nine. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going eight and a half myself. So I think it's fair to say we've all pretty much liked the movie. Looking forward yeah. to uh, to the go next one. Go see it! If I'll see it with you. Fucking see it. Contact me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You have you have a dinner date yes. right there with Josh. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's where we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, while you're there, be sure to share, subscribe, favorite us, so that way you can keep coming back and finding us later and keep listening because that's what we want you to do. Uh, and you can check us out on a Facebook page. You can search for Guy and as Super Friends or go to www.facebook.com slash Super Friends. You can find the page. Give it a like. Leave us a comment. Leave some questions. All that good stuff. We'll get back to you. And on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Hells to the meow.